Welcome to Season 1, Episode 47 of Chris Cast. My name is Chris Abraham, and this episode is entitled, You Have Angered the Gods of Science, We Will Therefore Exterminate You. Mwahaha, mwahaha, mwahaha. Extinction event, extinction event, extinction event. Welcome back after the, after the break. Thank you. All right. Listen up. This is what I like to think. There's a trope in Hollywood and in literature uh, and and actually potentially in history of, uh, of, for example, Christopher Columbus who was caught by um, indigenous people. He was stranded in Jamaica, and he discovered that um, uh, on February, Thursday, February 29th, 1504, there would be a total lunar eclipse would occur, beginning around the time of moonrise. And he went to meet... Arawak chief and informed him that his Christian God was very angry with his people for no longer supplying him and his men with food. Therefore, he was about to provide a clear sign of his displeasure. Three, night, three nights hence, he would all but obliterate the rising full moon, making it appear inflamed with wrath, which would signify the evils that would soon be afflicted upon them all. Bad mood rising. This is a trope. In a lot of movies, you know, a, uh, a, a Yankee in King Arthur's court and uh, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court and any number of other, um, any number of other movies and so forth. Um, it's called the Eclipse Trick. Um, and it, it's, it's literally a trope. And the trope says that if you have, if you have scientific knowledge or if you have advanced knowledge, or if you have predictable knowledge, and you can find a way to, if you will, wrap that knowledge into some sort of, in some sort of um, dystopic or, or existential crisis that can then be averted by your own capabilities then you can you can manipulate and control a population and not just uh the chieftain of of the of the Arawak people in Jamaica you can uh using the using the manifestations of statistics and science and predictions and history and um all these others these other things that that would actually be in many cases disproved by a simple al almanac, uh, you can make people believe anything you want. You can convince them that the, that the sun god is displeased or that your gods are displeased or that um, if you continue behaving the same way based on the chicken bones in the bottom of this scientific experiment, then terrible things will happen. There will be population collapses there will be death aplenty. There will be, and I promise this based on the statistics and the historical imperative, in nine years, in 11 years, in 20 years, in 50 years, in 100 years, if you do not change your behaviors, if you do not please the gods of science, then terrible things will happen. Ah, uh, extinction, death. Depopulation, wars, pestilence, 
Uh, wubba, wubba, wubba. I mean, I've said this before, that this is the same, you know, traditional game book. It's the hubris of a of a uh, an educated class and their belief that they have dominion over um, the stupid primitives, which now I guess a synonym would be called deplorables. Anybody uh, in the worst, right? You would think that in a tribe, in a uh, in a um, Aboriginal tribe in Jamaica, uh, that the chieftain is the smartest person in that uh, in that tribe, right? He is among he is the elder. He is the most insightful. He has complete dominion over the future successes of his people. He has hegemony amongst uh, his his culture, and yet and yet, it is the insight of this of this visitor, this un this person who is not of you, and who in fact in many ways requires your support for future living, or in fact you. Uh, in the in in the in most of the trope, it's not that why won't you help us? You're displeasing God. It comes down to um, you are being held in um, you are being bounded above a uh, above a boiling cauldron, right? These tropes are always so racist. Um, being held by pagan cannibals, and it is only by harnessing your knowledge of of the almanac, 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 that you uh, fool, um, you fool the the cannibal uh, captain, that you fool them with your simple knowledge of 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 the movement of the stars. You fool them into believing that you have a direct connection to God and that you can foretell what the future will bring. Now, this simple trope is being used. When it comes to climate change, this simple trope is being used when it comes to the coronavirus. This simple trope is being used uh, for everything. This simple trope is being used for, uh, for, remember, peak oil? And then we find out that there's an infinite amount of oil everywhere. Uh, Peak oil, the oil crisis, um, the... um, uh, the false um, scarcity of diamonds, the false scarcity of gold, the false scarcity of this and that. I mean, it's market manipulation, it's hearts and minds, it's propaganda. I mean, the audacity of saying that carbon dioxide, which is, of course, the thing we breathe out and have in our lungs all the time every day. Uh, as an aside, I was a free diver. And my gambit was always fighting the difference between having oxygen in my lungs and having uh, carbon dioxide in my lungs. And obviously, I would hyperventilate to make sure that I expelled as much carbon dioxide from my lungs as possible so that when I took in a breath, I had as much oxygen in my lungs as possible. And um, your body has an excellent way of, of telling you that you have too much carbon dioxide in your lungs and uh, that you need to breathe. And it uh, it does incredible things. Like if you're holding your breath too long underwater, you will actually probably pee yourself uh, because your body starts freaking out and telling you that you need to breathe. But that's an aside. The, the simple fact is that, you know, the world is not going to have an extinction event within... 10 years. We are not at the precipice of a global collapse. We might be in a place where, um, in general, I mean, America is barely populated. You all uh, constantly tell me that there are zero people in, in 45 out of the 50 states, right? There's zero people in 45 out of our 50 states. And of of the states that have people, there are no super cities. Um, hey, Google, how many people are in greater Mexico City?
In 2015, the population of Mexico City, Mexico was 8,854,560. Oh, okay. Hey, Google, what are uh, the world's highest population cities? Here's a summary from the website travelchannel.com. The 10 most populous cities in the world for 2019. 8. Mumbai. 7. Dhaka. 6. Cairo. 5. Mexico City. 4. Sao Paulo. 3. Shanghai. 2. Delhi. 1. Tokyo. And more. Did you know that Osaka has a staggering population of 37.4 million? Hey, Google, what's the population of Tokyo? In 2015, the population of Tokyo, Japan was 9,272,740. Hey, Google, what's the population of Delhi? In 2012, the population of Delhi, India was 18,983,000. Hey, Google, what's the population of Mumbai? In 2011, the population of Mumbai, India was 18,414,288. Hey Google, what is the population of, uh, of, of, um, of, uh, what's the population of the largest population city? Here is some information for largest cities by population. Here's a summary from the website moving.com. Best of luck and happy moving. New York City, New York. Los Angeles, California. Chicago, Illinois, Houston, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, San Antonio, Texas, San Diego, California, and more. Hey, Google, what is the population of America's most populous cities? Sure. Here's some helpful information I found on the web. New York City, 8 million. Los Angeles, 3.7 million. Chicago, 2.7 million. Houston, 2.1 million. That's nothing, man. We are the most underpopulated country in the entire world. I mean, aside from, um, aside from, uh, hey, Google, what is the population density of uh, the United States? 36 per square kilometers. On the website worldometers.info, they say, the United States population is equivalent to 4.25% of the total world population. The USA ranks number three in the list of countries by population. The population density in the United States is 36 per square kilometers. Hey Google, what is the population density of Russia? About 8.82 inhabitants per square kilometer. On the website statista.com, they say, in 2018, the density of Russia's population amounted to about 8.82 inhabitants per square kilometer. Hey Google, what's the population density of Canada? About four people per square kilometer. On the website statista.com, they say, in 2018, Canada had a population density of about four people per square kilometer. Hey Google, what's the population density of Mexico? Around 64.91 people per square kilometer. On the website statista.com, they say, in 2018, Mexico's population density was around 64.91 people per square kilometer. Uh, New York, man. It's got a huge, I guess, I guess New York City is a mega city, a super city. Um, I've always thought of New York as having around 9 million people and I thought the population of uh of um of Mexico City was much higher. Hey Google, what is the most populous city in China? Shanghai. On the website chinahighlights.com, they say Shanghai is the undisputed most populous and hey, wealthiest city. Hey Google, what city is the population of Shanghai? In 2019, its population was 24,281,400. Hey Google, what's the population of Hong Kong? In 2018, the population of Hong Kong was 7,451,000. Hey 
Hey, Google, what's the population of Beijing? In 2018, the population of Beijing, China was 21,542,000. Anyway, I know that we went down a rabbit hole with that, but it's a, it's a, great, uh, it's a great kind of comparison, right? The population of a megacity in Asia or India is equivalent to, you know, one-eighth, one-ninth, one-tenth the population of the entire country of America, the United States. But back to uh, the the gambit, the uh, which is called, uh, you know, obviously it's called the eclipse trick. Um, it's extremely funny to think about the, uh, I have a lot of stuff here for show notes, but you know, things like, uh, uh, parts per billion in terms of, uh, of carbon dioxide and uh, fires, um, if you look into the history of forest fires, you'll see that uh, the, there are just some amazing coincidences associated with um, with forest fires. Um, predictions of atolls being underwater by now haven't panned out. Um, the momentum that should have resulted in uh, atolls being underwater and and you know extinction events should have should be happening right now and they're always over the next rise um this is because there's a perception that and and it's it's proved to be true i mean we're just really freaking stupid and we are primitive um on one hand we're both primitive and on the other hand the uh, the powers that be, the people who are, are pre- making these predictions, the people who are trying to manipulate us through uh, hearts and minds, through fear and so forth, also fancy themselves uh, a bit more clever than they actually are. Um, considering the kind of neuroses and the, and the extent of the panic that's happening globally by 20% of the people... People who have, you know, great power to do terrible things. You know, this is proof that most of my smart... I can't assume that most of my smartest friends are in on it. I mean, I I can't assume that being in on it or not um, is something that needs to... You know, it's a need-to-know basis, right? I mean, uh, and I know that the children of those people who should be in the know, uh, their children are completely apoplectic and completely afraid for the future. Um, I'll, just between you and me, uh, the oceans were much crappier uh, from the 30s to the 70s because there were no regulations on how people fish. There were no regulations on fish fisheries there were the 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 entire population of cod in the north atlantic was fished to virtual extinction i mean there are there are examples of people making huge impacts on the earth and i dare say that making people fear um real things that they could change in real ways is more effective a way of spending money than 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 trying to tilt at windmills of some sort of existential uh, extinction threat and and it'll even blow up in your face more when people become relegated like in Christianity right people became relegated to to there being uh, an apocalypse, a second coming in their own life. So they've they relegated themselves to that and, and stopped trying. When you believe that uh, the end is nigh and that you are going into uh, an end time prophecy, uh, right now, all you're going to do is, is prep. You're not going to uh, try to do anything local. 
You are going to send all of your money and all of your emissaries and all of your all of your attempt to make a difference on on huge moonshots and not at simple things, simple things that prove very effective in the last hundred years of America's and at least in America's uh, in America's history, right? We rarely have uh, rivers or lakes spontaneously combusting. I mean, one thing that California could really should work on is stop allowing people to constantly move into the forests and into the mountains. And, you know, rich people, man, you can't stop them. Rich people want what they want and, and, and poor people want what they want. And everybody wants to be out, uh, in control of some sort of Vista. And if they, um, and, and unfortunately that's oftentimes a second home. Uh, I wonder if, uh, if coronavirus is going to change all that. And there's another thing. I mean, this is an existential crisis that America and the world is going through, and yet the number of ex- uh, of extra deaths um, has been, in my opinion, extremely negligible compared to the fact that um, heart disease and cancer and um, and diabetes and liver failure and kidney failure and renal failure and uh, Uh, accidents and and all kinds of other things uh, kill people at a much higher rate uh, than coronavirus does, um, especially if you look at the ages and the pre-existing conditions and the comorbidities. I mean, we're basically um, we're basically we're basically looking for examples of untimely deaths and then putting a big coronavirus stamp on them. So, you know, based only on those sorts of things, I mean, I mean, it really doesn't, I mean, it doesn't affect my quality of life at all. Like I, I'm a shut in. I pretty much live inside all the time. I have, I have the, the, I have a teenager's perfect room. I've got toys everywhere, got uh, stuff to work out with. I've got computers and televisions. I've got all the streaming services. I've got, you know, I've got, uh, stationary bikes and rowing machines but i mean this is really hampering the lives of all of my friends who are in beautiful marriages and who have who are thinking about families the ones that are thinking about families and the single young people are even considering it a bad idea to bring children into this into this world i mean uh if the goal is to uh destroy fertility whether it's potential fertility actual fertility medical infertility or just a uh, lack of desire like europeans have had uh, italians and japanese uh, have had a lack of desire a lack of uh, the impetus to start families and if you do start families a lack of impetus to start families of over one uh, one child um, then everything's going great. There's going to be more people who are going to be dying of suicide, who are going to be dying of secondary effects from alcoholism, of drug addiction, of, of, um, of, uh, overdosing, of, I mean, you know, my buddy Mark suffered the kind of depression that made him want to drive off a road. Uh, you know, I mean, there's that kind of depression. People who are, you know, Roman Catholic, they can't commit suicide. So they do things like suicide by cop or suicide by car accident or suicide by accidentally walking into the street or suicide by, um, extremely risky behavior, uh, Walking around bad neighborhoods with Rolexes. I don't know. Um, um, parachuting. Skydiving. Scuba diving. Motorcycle riding. Off-roading. Overlanding. I don't know. 
long story short, it's I'm more curious to see how uh, the adapt the adaptive culture, the way it as it is, is going to adapt to these uh, extreme changes. Um, actually, it reminds me of that uh, game uh, called Sims, right? No, not Sims. Well, let me take a break. Let's take a break and I'll come back and uh, we'll talk about it further. I'm back. This is episode 47, season one, Chris Cass. My name is Chris Abraham. The name of the game is Sim City, And I remember playing that back in the late 80s, early 90s. And um, once you got everything running pretty well, it was really exciting for someone like me, um, who's extremely curious, and I dare say I might have the heart of a scientist if I ever went into the sciences. Um terrible thing about 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 uh, dealing with people who are into the sciences is that they like to throw wrenches in the stuff to see what happens and a, a lot of what we're going through in the last 20 years feels a lot like throwing wrenches into a game of sim city to see how the sim deals with uh the attack of uh, of a godzilla or a fire, or um, an earthquake, or, you know, um, seeing, you know, testing out a simulation, seeing, uh, throwing, throwing, if you will, a, uh, um, a stick down into a, um, an army of ants and seeing how the ants deal with uh, the obstruction. Um, it, it seems like the perceived threats we have are either curated by mainstream media as a way of, see, look at this, this is happening now. I mean, if we were to spend even remotely the amount of time, money, and energy on uh, anything, um, if we spent that money on fixing Detroit, uh, Detroit's... Uh, water issues, they would be done already. I mean, to be honest, things were pretty terrible up until the 70s and 80s. I mean, uh, there was uh, leaded fuel, uh, there was uh, soot in the air. I mean, a lot of U.S. cities were exactly like Be Beijing. Is it Beijing? I used to say Beijing, but I guess it's Beijing now. And, uh, And with and if you address if you address pollution, you can have much more effect on the on the holistic nature of of quality of life uh, than you will if you if you try to solve climate change. Um, climate change uh, is is a creation of a of a task that's so overwhelming and un and unassailable that the entire globe would need to unite in order to address this issue. Um, we all know that there, there are zero countries that had been, um, that had been first world 10 years ago 
there are zero cultures that who are attaining second worldness, second world levels. Who, sorry, there are zero people who are in the who were in the developing world ten years ago who are approaching or in the second world who are who would do anything to um, to limit their access to becoming first world countries. There are zero capitalist endeavors that will not pursue the monies for those peoples and there are zero uh, and there are zero desires to only purchase premium um, high, highly environmentally safe goods in lieu of cheap accessible things uh, the 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 developmental the evolutionary stages that we as a country had had to go we as a country had to go to and uh great britain was so sooty uh at the turn of last century that moths were changing color i mean during the industrial revolution in great britain the the skies were black with soot I mean, this is not something new, and this is not something that is a hockey puck up. This is uh, this is like anything. Uh, this is um, a um, a pendulum. Uh, this is a uh, and this relies wholly on the fact that we're terrible at remembering uh, the past. You know, there's a sucker. They, 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 like, they like to say that there's a sucker born every day, but I like to say that there's a sucker born every generation, right? With every new generation of young people, um, there are, you can, you, can, you can do the same thing that Hollywood does. You can reintroduce an old story, even an old movie, even the same old movie, again and again and again to new eyes who think that they've discovered it for the first time. I mean, as we know, every single Marvel movie and every single Disney film and every single DC film and every single novel, every single comic book, every single television show uh, goes all the way back, as Kurt Vonnegut reminds us, back to, you know, at least uh, ancient stories. You know, Norse stories and stories from China and stories, heroic stories from Greece. They're all the same thing. Even even Shakespeare, which now seems... Hey, Google, how many years ago was Shakespeare alive? 400 years ago. On the website folger.edu, they say... Since William Shakespeare lived more than 400 years ago, and many records from that time are lost or never existed in the first place, we don't know everything about his life. Well, and that ain't nothing. That's as old as, as, the United, as, as, as America, right? 400 years ago is when, you know, is when uh, um, Virginia and... Um, Other, you know, that's when that's when America was colonized, and um, don't quote me exactly on that. I don't know, but uh, these stories predate them. You know, you go back to uh, stories from 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 the Nordic countries and from Finland and from Denmark and from Germany. I mean, these these stories are thousands of years old. Um, you go back to the stories of the Bible. You go back to the stories of the of the Talmud. You go back to stories uh, all the way back um, in 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 the lore of uh, of uh, Vedic society and the lore of um, um... Hey Google, how many years ago were the Vedic writings written? On the website indianexpress.com, they say, the Vedas were composed somewhere around 2000 BC, while writing in India began more than 2,500 years later. So the Vedas are... <laughs> oh, they're 4,000 years old, right? 
if uh, if I four thousand twenty years old, if I if I've got that right. Um, and so these are the same stories. Every generation thinks that they've invented everything. You know, um, millennials don't remember the seventies, right? Millennials don't remember um, uh, Carter. Uh, and and in the seventies, when I was, in, you know, from ten to to uh, uh, no, no, from, uh, I was zero to ten years old. Um, I remember that was the time when I was most formidable to me, right? The 70s were the times when when we heard all about, uh, it was like 1968, 1969, 1970, um, until I was 70, until 75, there was still a war going on in Indochina, um, Vietnam War. Um, during the 70s, uh, there were, there were, um, there were, lines to to get gas there were there were criminal criminal amounts of of um pollution in the air there were all kinds of things right the same exact existential crisis that we're having now people had in the 1970s it all went away uh with reagan in 1980 magically magically when the agenda was not anymore uh environmentalism it went away uh for the 80s and then in the 90s there was a huge environmental movement and then it went away um uh from 2000 to 2010 and then you know for the last 10 years there's been an environmental movement again uh we haven't lost any um any atolls um we've been having the same problems with forest fires in forested areas. In fact, don't let anybody tell you, but the natural growth cycle for many and sundry old growth forests require burns, right? So if you go ahead and move your houses into places that need, uh, that need burns to grow, you're going to get burnt, right? You can, um, uh, what is it, what you like to say, right? Uh, uh, not you, but I like to say that, you know, the, the more you ignore, whether it's spiritual or, or just in terms of, of the, um, messages from your body, the more you put systemic issues that are haunting you spiritually, emotionally, the more you stuff them down, the more they fight back. You can stuff down uh, issues of alcoholism, issues of anger, issues of uh, of um, uh, of childhood abuse. You know, all of these things you can stuff, 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 stuff. Eventually, they fight back and they become worse and they become more debilitating and they can result in secondary effects and you be can develop anxiety disorder. Or, or or extreme fears or you can even get sick and I'm not gonna I'm not a doctor so I'm not gonna say that anxiety results in cancer but anxiety results in dis-ease and you can developmentally uh, become uh, sicker and sicker and sicker uh, as you become uh, more discontent in your life and I would say that in the same way, Gaia responds to that kind of suppression, right? Fire suppression, all kinds of ways that we try to put nature, put the wilderness. This is a theme that I learned when I studied uh, intro to uh, early American literature, right? The um, constant, this was the, this was the existential crisis that happened to early settlers in North America. There was this fear of the other. There was this fear of the wilderness. There was this belief that only in civilization, in encampment, in clearing, can we create a culture that we have knowing of. It's in the darkness of the forest. It's in the, it's in the darkness of the night that we don't have accountability for. It's for that part of the ancient Mariner map 
where we don't know what is that dark land? Is it filled with monsters? What is that dark sea? Is it filled with sea monsters? Are there unicorns there? Etc. 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 Right. So, um, I believe that kind of fear of the unknown, fear of of the void, that can easily be manipulated and filled with all kinds of monsters. In this case, the monsters are you are going to kill your entire family with COVID, and the monsters are uh, if you don't follow the rules, you're going to kill your entire family with the COVID. Or the monsters are, if you, if we do not spend a lot of money on a Green New Deal and become lockstep with every other nation on the earth and tilt at uh, earthly windmills in an attempt to harness some sort of technology that will put the kibosh on uh, a an extinction event. And like, let's say, let's assume that there is an extinction event. An extinction event would be the best thing for the Earth, right? Uh, there'd be a complete die-off. It would probably benefit uh, the most advanced countries. It would be completely unfair. Most of the people who would die are the people who live in places that are impoverished anyway. A desert is no place to build a civilization. Uh, lots and lots of people will die. The only people who won't die are the people with money. Or, or the strong people who can actually uh, have the wherewithal to schlep themselves as refugees to more forgiving climes. There would be a huge population die-off that would include everything. It would include everything. Animals, doggies, kitties, boars, elk, uh, humans, fish, etc., etc. But then at some point... As we can see readily from the global lockdown from coronavirus, that if you just give uh, Gaia, if you give the Earth a little bit of time, uh, man, she's quick, 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 quick healer. So, you know, we should just move ahead. Just until we should just move ahead being happy and prosperous uh, and awesome until we hit that iceberg. And then the iceberg will will sink. A majority of the people who are too feeble to make it onto life rafts and are too feeble uh, to then survive in the, in the life rafts, all those people will perish. And then the only people you have left are the women and children and then a few uh, brave souls. And then, you know, we'll just start again with that. How's that sound? Uh, here's the rub. Nobody wants to lose anything in order to gain anything. Uh, so this needs to this needs to happen, you know, in many cases as a culture with a deep sleep and a pillow on the face until you stop struggling. So whatever that's going to look like, that's what's going to happen. Uh, anyway, I know this is a long one and you're all going to think I'm crazy. But if you've listened to my podcast up till now, you're either... Uh, you're either with me or you're against me. Either way, I'm probably entertaining or I'm not. And you've stopped listening hours ago. Anyway, love you guys. After the break, I will tell you how to contact me. And we'll talk in a moment. Episode 47, Season 1, Chris Cast. Welcome back to Season 1, Episode 47, Chris Cast. This might be the longest, most ranty one, uh, crazy talk one in the entire world, but that's okay. Um, if you're interested in learning more about the reason, my impetus for doing this particular episode, I was listening to um, Coast to Coast last night coast to coast am is a radio show that i love very much and uh and last night it was really good um richard sirrett richard sirrett hosted and the the guest was tony heller and tony heller 
is an environmentalist, electrical engineer, and teacher who joined Richard Sirrett in the first half to discuss what he sees as the false narrative of climate change. Heller said that he has access to historical weather data that contradicts the idea of human-caused warming, and that science and the media's level of the dishonesty on the subject has gotten a lot, lot, worse, in, lot worse in recent years. Heller's data comes from U.S. weather records over the last century, which he utilizes to make the, his comparisons and check those who say that temperature records are being broken with alarming regularity. For example, his research shows that Death Valley had four days of temperature well over 130 degrees during a one-week period in 1930, even though it was widely reported that the record was broken just this past summer. Heller claimed that tree ring data for the past two millennia indicate that naturally occurring fires in prehistory caused 10 times as much burn acreage than the recent fire season. He also said that floods worldwide and in the U.S. were far worse in the first half of the 20th century than they are at present, pointing out that in 1927, the worst flooding in U.S. history occurred when the Mississippi River was severely flooded for six months. Heller addressed the issue of carbon dioxide as a greenhouse gas and stated that the greater the CO2 concentration in the atmosphere, the more plants thrive, saying that in the Cambrian era, 540 million years ago, the concentration of this gas was 15 times higher than it is now when the Earth witnessed the greatest increase in life forms in, in its history. He concluded the idea that warming temperatures are a threat is a farce. So if you want to learn more about him, uh, you can check out his website and it's realclimatescience.com R-E-A-L-C-L-I-M-A-T-E S-C-I-E-N-C-E dot com. And uh, you can explore that. And uh, you can uh, listen to it on the, co uh, the, the Coast Player, maybe. Uh, on Coast to Coast. Check it out. Look for uh, Tony Heller. He's uh, the first... I think he's the first two hours anyway that is what i was going to tell you uh, and i am going to stop now we'll come back for the closing remarks okay welcome back to season one episode 47 this is Chris Cast. My name is Chris Abraham. You can reach me at Chris Cast. Sorry. You can reach me at Chris Abraham on Twitter. You can reach me at Chris Abraham on Instagram. You can reach me at Facebook.com slash Chris Abraham. YouTube.com slash Chris Abraham. You can reach me at LinkedIn.com slash in slash Chris Abraham. Uh, my website is ChrisAbraham.com. My email is Chris at Abraham.su. I bought the SU domain uh, because three religions believe that Abraham is a prophet. So that was impossible. So I needed to find a, a, um, a TLD, a top-level domain that uh, were of a godless people. And that is the Soviet Union. So um, the Soviet Union is still a top-level domain. And so I have Abraham.SU. You can register that at INDX, IMDX. Dot com. Anyway, uh, you can text me at plus one two zero two three five two five zero five one. I think that you can reach me on WhatsApp that way too. You can call me, but I won't answer if I don't know your number. You can schedule a date uh, at calendly dot com slash chris abraham slash fifteen. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I'm at CHRS at Chris on No Agenda Social. Uh, if you want an invite to my Mastodon instance, it's, uh, it's, uh, what is it? My Mastodon instance is, uh, Girovic.su, G-I-R-E-V-I-K.su. 
Uh, Agirovic is a is a strongman. Agirovic is is what you call someone who swings and use kettlebells. Um, I decided I would register another Soviet Union domain, Girovic.su, so you can ask me for an invite to that. Uh, happy to give you one. And that's it. I I beg you to subscribe and to share, and I beg you to uh, write comments and write reviews and give me thumbs up and stars. Uh, whether that's at, I think the most useful one is doing that over at um, at uh, Apple Podcasts. But you can also do that at Spotify, and you can do that at at um, uh, Pandora, and you can do that, I think, at uh, Stitcher, and any other place you listen to podcasts, iHeartRadio. Uh, all those places you can subscribe to me and like me and comment and so forth. And I think you can even reach me, you can support me at anchor.fm slash chrisabraham slash um, support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T. So A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash C-H-R-I-S-A-B-R-A-H-A-M slash S-U-P-P-O-R-T. Thank you very much. I guess the main home base of this uh, of this podcast, if you didn't know already, is anchor.fm slash chrisabraham. All right. Until the next time, I will talk to you soon. Ciao.